The following is a replay of a live show that aired Tuesday, October 31st at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the opinions of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. And with that, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of After Further Review, WSUM 91.7 FM Madison Student Radio. My name is Alex Schuster, and joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Vincent Hasbrick. How are you doing today, Vince? Uh, doing very well. Excited to be here as always, although the weather is pretty terrible. So, most standard radio introduction of all time. <laughs> and also joining us today is a very special guest, Luke Saruma. Luke, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's very, very windy outside. It makes me very hostile, I won't lie to you, but <laughs> I'm doing great. All right, and uh, jumping into the show, as always, we uh, start off the show with Rate My Take, uh, where each of us will give a take and the other one will rate it. Or now that we have a guest, all of us will rate it, um, give a little reaction, and a, a, a quick score. Uh, Vince, do you want to do the ceremonial coin toss with something that is not actually a coin yet again? Yeah, I forgot the coin. I have a tissue box here, so heads will be obviously the tissue. You can call it in the air. Heads. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a thud. It is tails. Uh, I'll have you go first this time, Alex. Okay, so mine is... Uh, well, I'll just jump right into the take and then explain afterwards. So I would rather watch professional uh, sports games at home and then college sports games in person. Um, and this is based on over the weekend, uh, I went to both the Badger game and uh, the Packer game. It was my first uh, time going inside a Lambeau field and, and seeing a game. Uh, I was very impressed with the stadium, the atmosphere, everything there. It was uh not the best game to go to uh, for what what happened on the field, but still a great experience uh, just all around at the stadium. But to me, going to a, a live game, I like the energy and the atmosphere that the student section at college sports games provide, especially when they're into it for the entire time. So for me, that's like the biggest difference maker of just like the constant energy and entertainment that an entire like quarter of the stadium being filled with students and uh, young energetic people provides. Dang, so you're saying that if, if given the choice, you would rather watch an NFL game at home rather than at the stadium. I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> not not always, but like if you could so basically it was if you could the question that I was proposing in the car on the way back from the game to everyone who had gone to both games was if you had to choose like only going to college games or only going to professional games and then the other ones you have to watch at home, the way I would go is I would choose to go to the college games and then watch the, the professional games at home. Okay, uh, I think that's a more fair opinion. I'm going to have to give you, um, well, if I'm, it'd be a negative 12 if you were saying you're doing your case that you don't like watching games at Lambeau No, Field. it's awesome. Like, that, that was not the case at all. I think it's a great experience. I'm okay. not downgrading it. Like, it, it would, like, but if you, had, if you were put yeah. in a position where you had to choose one or the other, I think I would go to the college games. Yeah, I think there's a fair argument to it. I mean, I love watching the clip of, um, of the whiteout at Penn State when Michigan came on the field in 2019. They had to call a timeout immediately because the place was just going so bonkers. Uh, I think the college atmosphere at its best can trump the professional level just because, I mean, we're younger students, probably more passionate. And I've been to a Packer game or two. My grandpa put our family on the season ticket list, like when my dad was like 10, and we just got it like somewhat recently. So it's exciting to go to a couple of games. But I feel like it's just so cool being at Camp or uh, not, well, at Camp Rail too, but Lambeau Field is just an experience of its own. I'm not sure I can how truly fair I can be because I'm sure games or Charger games where no one shows up and cheers whatsoever is probably pretty pitiful. But by and large, I mean, I think the product is better in the, at the professional level despite my love for college sports. So I got to disagree, but you make a fair point. I'll give you a, a five on that one. Part of that, it, like the, seeing the product, it's easier to know what actually happens if you can see it like on your TV. So I feel like I'm like better to understand what happened in the game after I watch it on TV versus watching it in person sometimes. So to me... Yeah, it's fair. It depends it, on the seats. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Luke, what are you thinking here? That take is like, that takes like a zero, bro. Like, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Maybe maybe I'm different because what's the word? I'm a, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, so I've been like a lot of Eagles games. And nothing can compare to the atmosphere of Lincoln Financial Field compared to any other stadium I have been in thus far. Granted, Wisconsin fans are similar because they're also drunk and say things I would never repeat to my mother. But... I would. I am taking the Lincoln Financial Field any day of the week. I'm, I would always watch a professional game over a college game. 
That's just me, though. No, I like your point because, I mean, you're from Philly where fans are notoriously crazy. Where in Green Bay, I mean, a lot of the fans there are... They're, they're, they're passionate. Yeah, but they're not exactly loud and passionate. They, they enjoy the product. They follow the team. I think we were raised like one of the best fans in the league. But when it comes to pure loudness, I don't think uh, Lambeau Field's up there. But, yeah, Lincoln Financial, that place is rocking. And what's the, the Phillies... Stadium, uh, Citizens Bank Park. Yes, you got it. that place is also insane. Remember, everyone talking about the postseason, how electric oh, yeah. the home field atmosphere would be. And I'd say it lived up to the hype. So, I oh, think yeah. we're you make a really good point of talking about how the professional yeah. level can sometimes trump that college level and in terms of craziness. I was at the link uh, during the NFC Championship game the year we won the Super Bowl, oh, and I was shoot. like, that's what I'm telling you. Like, the Vikings, right? Against the Vikings, the vibes, those were immaculate like one of the best best nights of my life they were it was crazy out there they they turned some cars over after the game is what they said <laughs> well i remember <laughs> people are saying that they were going to riot if they lost the super bowl and they wound up rioting when they won the super bowl oh of course i was going to riot sports amen that's it's a very good point i think we flooded the streets from the volleyball team on the championship so that's fair but yeah philly fans are built different but overall i mean i, I see both sides here Alex. i just think that we're going to respectfully disagree with you on this one that's fair i mean th- i just wanted to like put it out there as the time step i'm I'm assuming this would be something that I would change later in life as like just as a young person right now I would rather be at the college game and I feel like maybe like 20 years down the line or even less time than that it probably would change but yeah well you had a busy weekend though I mean oh, you were yeah. at Camp Randall and Lambeau Field so I mean like the it was the same score 24-10 both games but Camp Randall we'll talk about that later that was like a close game right oh, up until yeah. the end they were rocking so I guess you probably have a skewed perspective somewhat I understand what you're saying though and with that, is it cool if I yeah, go, go ahead. ahead then? Awesome. So I was going to do a Bucks one as well, but then the Packers happened, mm-hmm. and I feel like I have to talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So people are saying right now that, and I among them uh, for most of the season have said this is probably as bad as it could have been. I mean, 2-5 and five right now have been all over the place. Offense has been a wreck, bad coaching. But I'm looking back a little bit, and I think that you can make a strong argument that this is actually the best thing that could have happened for this team because even the most optimistic Packer fan wasn't going into this season thinking that we were going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no maybe we squeak into the playoffs, but there's no way we're going into Lincoln Financial and taking down Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I mean, we can't even stop the run. How are you going to stop the tush-push play? Mm. That feels unstoppable. But... Uh, by and large, I think that if you're not going to be the best, next thing you can be is the worst. And not only are the Packers losing games, which they've been pretty good at lately, they're losing games in a very good way. So there's a lot of people calling for Matt LaFleur to be fired, and he certainly hasn't been great. A lot of people saying that Brian Gutekunst should be gone, which I wouldn't agree with either. So I think that we've just been so spoiled by success that although we haven't won the Super Bowl, we've been greeted to quality football the past couple decades. I think that I kind of I made myself a guide on how to cheer for the Packers the rest of the year. And I kind of want your, both your guys' opinions on this one. So step one, obviously, cheer for the loss. Right, But not all losses are created equal. I mean, the Panthers are getting nuked. They're a complete disaster. In my opinion, we want to be the opposite of the 2022 Vikings last year. They went 11-0 in one-score games. We want to go like 0-11 in one-score games. We want to be just barely lose that one. So we have the talent on display. It's clear we can put it together, but we're just not doing it. And hey... I mean, I'd say right now we're doing a pretty good job at that because I would classify three of our losses as in the heartbreaking category. Uh, blew a massive lead to the Falcons, uh, kind of choked it against the Raiders, and the Broncos was a complete mess in the end. Looks like we were in field goal range, then Elton Jenkins holding call backed him up and wound up losing. So I think by and large we've been pretty solid in that category. And then second thing, cheer for good coaching. And this one's a struggle. Well, we can't really go off of – offensive and defensive ranks because we're just not a very talented team. I believe we're 25th in total yards in offense right now, 20th total yards allowed. But the big one is penalties. We are 30th in penalty yards per game. Not a great thing to follow, but I think that we got to start looking at more abstract qualities when it comes to judging stuff. I got to start looking at heart and hustle as the stats that we measure, which is pretty pathetic to say, but I think that we can't measure wins and losses. Not going to be a whole lot of touchdowns, in my opinion. Probably going to be a lot of interceptions, so that have to be what we go off of. And three, big thing, cheer for good youth performances. Now, I guess you could say cheer for everyone, but if that was the case, then we would be winning games, and we don't want to do that. So there's certain players in particular you want to cheer for. Now, I cheer for Aaron Jones personally because he's just an awesome player and a really cool story, but I think right now you got to look at the younger players, like Lucas Van Ness in particular. He's, I don't want to say a project right now, but he's got a lot of Rashawn Gary qualities in terms of not quite ready but having flashes of success. Got to look at the young receivers as well, both the rookies and then Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. We want them to do well. You also want Jordan Love to do well 
too. I mean, maybe he's not the quarterback of the future, certainly struggled, but I think you can definitely make an argument that he's kind of been failed in terms of the talent around him as well as the coaches. So cheer for the young guys. But most importantly, we need to have a good slogan of why we are bad. And I want your guys' opinions on this too. This won't be the actual rating. Do we go with fade away for Drake May or play embarrassing for Marvin Harrison? I like the I like the second one. Okay, like yeah, play embarrassing. I'll, I'll go with that one. All as right, well. I, I was I was pretty proud of that one, so I'm glad you guys are with me on that one. But we need to have that get hyped up for next year because this year is long gone. So a final ideal game for the Packers. We play super well and we should score every time, but the refs make terrible calls every single play and keep backing us up so we lose by exactly one point and get robbed. So that's the kind of stuff we should cheer for. I think there's potential that we lose some more heartbreaking games. And I'm very excited to see that happen because the tank job is on and I am all in. I don't know where to go with this because I, like, mm. deep down, I really don't want to see that happen. But like <laughs> you said, it is probably for the best. Like, we don't have – we have maybe a barely making the playoff caliber team. And uh, you need young, fresh pieces to kind of rebuild here as we move on from the Aaron Rodgers era. So I expect us to be bad for a little while. I also – I don't know that Jordan Love is the guy. So, like, there is a little bit of if we – fall in those like top three to five picks do we have to just take a quarterback then too yeah that's why i threw marvin harrison in there as well because he'd be very fun i don't don't know how to rate this because as a fan it goes against everything that you should (laughs) want to believe in but at the same time yeah you are like i do agree with it the the kind of purgatory in the middle of the pack is the worst place you want to end up with or as a team year over year so It'd be better to kind of bottom out and then rebuild up from there. I, I like the guide. I, I can tell you put a lot of thought into this. And I really didn't, yeah. but I appreciate it. Um, I, I got to give it a 7.5 because the, the 2 is minus for the uh, just going against everything that a, a true fan should believe in, <laughs> wanting their, their team to win, and then just a minus 1.5 uh, for we don't give out any 10s around here. That, fair point. I would also say it's like a 7.5. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to lie. I've been loving the Packer downfall. My brother's a Packers fan. Uh, Between that and the New England downfall, I've been eating good this season. But I would say I thought when I saw this team at the start of the year, I was like, this team is like 9-8 at best. And... You're not you're not nine and eight best. Y'all are y'all are pretty bad, which I think is good because you still need more like you need more talent on your team. And I think that Jordan Love needs another shot with better with a more developed roster because I don't think he has a good offensive line. And I mean his receivers are young; they're pretty good. Uh, Christian Watson has showed a lot of talent in the last uh, two years. I remember last year when they were playing against Philadelphia, who was in the link. I was actually at that game. I remember he took. He took a shot play across the field, and he just outran everybody for a touchdown. Yeah, Jordan Love yeah. kind of gave us a little bit too much hype oh, there. Yeah. I think he threw like two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, he looked pretty good in that game. Like, I think Christian, Christian Watson's good. Romeo Dobbs is good. Who's that boy, number 11? What's his name? Oh, uh, Dontavian Wicks. Was it Dontavian Wicks? Oh, no, Jaden Reed. Reed. Yep. Jalen Reed, he looked pretty good, too. I think that there just needs to be more talent on defense. I know Joe Barry's a bad defensive coordinator. I know everybody wants Joe Barry fired. <laughs> I said uh, my conspiracy is that when uh, Brandon Staley gets fired out of San Diego, maybe not San Diego, Los Angeles, maybe the Packers will get him as a defensive coordinator. That would be a nice look for y'all. But I think you just need some better coaching on defense and a little more talent. And I think you'll be fine in the long run. But I do think that Jordan Love deserves another shot. But also there's the thing I don't agree with is I don't get being excited for one-score losses. I don't mind losing by two touchdowns. I can live with that. But a one-score game, that, like, sticks with me. I don't like losing one-score games as a fan. I do think that is kind of a good thing, though, because then, like, you know that you're, like, it doesn't, I think losing by multiple scores just ruins your confidence, where the other one, it sticks with you, and you want to, like, build off of it and, like, make sure that you're the one that wins. Yeah, but you want to know that, like, so that way next year, Marvin Harrison will be the difference and will win all the one-score games and then go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. So for right now, I think... It, but you're so right, though. It just leaves you in a terrible mood that Sunday when your team collapses. Leave you in a terrible mood for the whole week? You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'll take the grades. Uh, Luke, I'm excited to hear what you got for us. Now, I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for a platform to speak on this. Um, fellas, oh. 
fellas, Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback. Um, <laughs> I have been waiting. I've been waiting for his downfall probably since mi- last year somewhere when the Brock Purdy hype train started. I was like, nah, he's not that good. Uh, you could you could put an orangutan in, the, in there, a quarterback for the San Francisco. He'll throw for 250 yards and a touchdown. That could ha- anybody can anybody can look good in the Mike Shanahan offense. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting for Brock Purdy to come up short so I can prove myself right. And he has for the last three weeks. Granted, against Cleveland, he actually did organize come, uh, a comeback drive, but the kicker didn't finish the job. But the last two weeks, he's been called upon to, to elevate his team, to win the game, and he hasn't been able to do it. And I don't think he can do it. I think maybe he can, he can, play, all, he can play all right when you're up 10, but when the game is on the line, that is not the man you want as your quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Alex, you want to take this one first? I, like... I like the 49ers, and I think you're right about that. Like, he needs the offense around him, and it's kind of just a slight step up from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's like a superstar talent quarterback. I think he could have a career like a, a Kirk Cousins where he stays around in that like middle of the field based on the team around him. And I don't, I don't know if that's a, a player that can win you a Super Bowl, but, I, I mean, as long as it's working, it's working. So I, I understand where you're coming from. I wouldn't put him in, like, my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, even if statistically he might look like he would be one. But I, I don't think he's a, necessarily a bad player. So I think I'm going to go with six with this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with a seven on that one. I think that being an NFL quarterback is pretty difficult as a whole, but it's probably going to be as easy as possible under that, you know, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan system you talk about. I mean – I don't. I think that he's an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at. I mean, so the offense is great, but I look at the, at this game against Dallas. You went 17-24, 252 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, good for 144 passer rating. I just. I'm sure the offense helps a lot, but Jimmy G never put up numbers like that in a game. That, that being said, last three games have been kind of a wreck for him: three touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, I kind of see what you're saying. I'm really excited to see these upcoming weeks because I want to see if the word's out. They got that game plan on Brock Purdy and they got him figured out, or if maybe it's just a bit of a hiccup. So I think by and large, I think you're right. I think the MVP hype was Absurd. off the train. Yeah, he was. he's not even like a top 10 player on their team. How can not he be the best all. player in the league? Exactly. It's Because also he's got a bunch of guys who are excellent at yards of the catch. Brandon Ayuki, you just catch and outrun everybody. Yeah. Diego Samuel run over everybody. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> He's got a bunch of uh, yards after catch guys. It makes him look way better than he actually is. Awesome. Although he is a step up from Jimmy G, as we see in him in Oakland right now, or <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, leads the league in picks and has missed two games, mm. I think. So. This, Not this great. It's a disaster class. <laughs> free, free my man Devontae Adams. I just want that known. I want Devontae Adams out of there. I think he already passed the mark for, for this year to yeah. get traded. Which yeah. Is, Kind of unfortunate. I was hoping he was going to go to Baltimore. I heard that kind what? of passed around. That would, I, I think that would have been like the only good team. Or someone with Devontae, right? Yeah. Okay. I think that would have been like the only good team for him to go to. I, I don't mean, know what like a better situation that like really needs someone who can actively catch the ball than them. Well, I could tell by the what that you weren't a big fan of that one, Luke. I wasn't like a not big fan of that. I just never heard of Devontae Adams to Baltimore for yeah, that. Was, that was just kind of came out of left field. <laughs> I heard it earlier today just on someone said it on social media and I was like, you know, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. Like, I would like that because Baltimore do need some wide receivers because yeah. Odell Beckham's not cutting it right now. <laughs> I say he's like spiking his helmet the sideline. I guess that's oh, yeah. something between him and Devontae. They've each done the last game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Game, so. Except the difference is at least uh, Odell was winning. <laughs> there you just, go. I get why Devontae threw his helmet. That makes sense. They, yeah. They've been overthrowing him the ball. I don't even think Odell's getting open. Fair enough. And with that, we'll jump to, uh, what are we calling it? Uh, Badger Sports Update? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, next week, we'll come up with a real name. Like we promise. But we'll start things off with football, where the Badgers held their own last Saturday against the number 3-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Bucky had multiple opportunities to tie the game throughout the third and fourth quarter, but a long Travion Henderson touchdown finished the Badgers off and sent their record to 5-3. and three. Now, yesterday, when we were uh, we watched Monday Night Football games together as a station. Everyone thinks they're going to do work, but no one does. It's a complete mess. But there, people are saying that, well, you know, if the Badgers played Ohio State 10 times, this would probably be like the 10th or like the best performance that they've had. And I disagree with that one. We This game was tied in the third. We lost Chimere DK and Braylon Allen. I think there's a very real scenario where the Badgers wind up tying this game or even taking the lead in it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, I don't know if it's the one out of 10, maybe like closer to three to four that we could uh, put up that close of a game i mean it still was a loss uh by more than 10 points so 
at the same time, I feel like they, they, someone saying that is really discounting the Badgers team. I mean, Ohio State, they haven't been up to their highest potential the last couple of weeks, but they are still a very good football team. And like you mentioned, all the injuries we've had this season, uh, that really has an impact on the team. And I, I don't know what point it was in the game, or maybe it was after the game. I texted you, and I was like, I genuinely thought we were going to win yep, this game. Yeah, like, my hopes so. Almost all week, I just didn't want to say it to anyone, but I was like, you know what? I, I kind of think we could win. <laughs> but like, it was like it was one of those things where like I just kept that in like the back of my brain all week of like, all right, there's a chance. And then I had that hope all the way up until like the the very Anderson last run. minutes of the yeah. game. Yeah, I was. See, the Badgers played played uh, Wisconsin, or not, sorry, the Badgers played Ohio State really well defensively, and that did get my hopes up, because I, but the problem was we just did not capitalize every time we stopped them, because we got like, what, two, three picks and a fumble? Uh, three turnovers, we forced, three we allowed turnovers. one, that Brilliant Allen first carry fumble, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you, plus two in the turnover department, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, we had plus three turnovers, there was one point where, because there were a bunch of points in this game where I was like, okay, if Ohio State scores here, Wisconsin doesn't score here, I'm going to leave. And every time <laughs> that happened, they scored. So I was just in the, I was just in the stands just kind of annoyed. I was like, are we going to win or lose this game? Just somebody hurry up and do something already. But there was one point where there was, I remember Ohio State was driving, and we, like, got them to do an intentional grounding and got them out of scoring range, too. And I was like, our defense come, was coming up with huge stops, but our offense was just not was just not up to par and moving the ball. And that part was just really frustrating, except when I was going to leave. And then all of a sudden, then they decided they was going to score. Yeah, but you told me you had some plans potentially that I, night. I did Otherwise, have plans. You wanted to be a lose lose because you it I was a loss yeah. and you didn't get to go to your. Yeah, I showed up like an hour and a half late. Oh, it's tough. Well, with that, we'll jump to soccer. Uh, men's soccer team entered the final regular season game needing a win or a draw to make the Big Ten tournament. Their matchup was a conference or their matchup was against the conference-leading Penn State Nittany Lions, who were still hunting the one seed. Bucky pulled off a 1-1 tie against Penn State, which got them into the tournament and also allowed Indiana to instead claim the one seed. Both Indiana and Wisconsin will match up against each other this Friday in Bloomington. Should be a good game. Excited to watch it. I believe that's on Big Ten Network. Meanwhile, the three-seed women's team narrowly defeated Rutgers on Sunday to advance the second round of the tournament. The 0-0 tie was ultimately settled in penalty kicks where the Badgers took it 4-1. The win, as I said before, advanced the Badgers to the Big Ten semifinal against Nebraska this Thursday at 4 o'clock. Should be a good one. A thrilling game start to finish. I mean, I guess not much you can say about that other than uh, this team, you know, they barely missed out in the one seed. They're le- as legit as any team in the Big Ten, and I'm really excited to see how they fare. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's always exciting to see a, a game go to penalty kicks and then winning that 4-1. to one. I mean, it's in, especially in soccer, you're expected to score on essentially every kick, so uh, yeah. Holding them to one goal in penalty kicks is, is pretty impressive there too. Oh, yeah, that is, that's 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 huge. Yes, yeah. and also that's like the most exciting part of soccer to my in my opinion. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, no one ever scores, so, so you yeah. get to see scores over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you go ahead with some hockey here, Alex? Yeah. So uh, the men's hockey team is now ranked the number five team in the nation after sweeping number one ranked Minnesota on the road this past weekend. It was their first sweep against a number one ranked team since. 2014, which was uh, also against Minnesota. Uh, the Badgers will now look to build upon a, fo- a four-game winning streak against number four-ranked Michigan. Then, moving on to women's hockey, uh, they also pulled off a road sweep, taking on St. Thomas 5-3 to and 3-0. Uh, the two wins brings the Badgers' record to 10-0 on the season, and next weekend, the Badgers will take on number 10-ranked St. Cloud State on the road. Uh, quick trivia event uh, question for Vince: Is Saint Cloud a state? I do not believe so. Correct. Yeah, I, I could tell you looked up because I like to do the thing where I ask him where the universities are from that the Badgers are playing, and it's it's kind of funny because I don't know either until I look it up. But we we know very little about geography, uh, like nothing. Well, okay, we don't know where the universities are. I should say, like, do you know where Quinnipiac is? What's that? Uh, it's a hockey. Is it Quinnipiac? That's in Canada. Well, Connecticut, so you got to see, but it's tough because there's so many random hockey teams that are really good. I don't know the name of but we all know Minnesota, and we all know the Badgers swept them. This is supposed to be a long-term rebuild. Instead, uh, Mike Hastings uh, kind of doing his job pretty quick. He's well ahead of schedule. Exciting to see. 
And with that, we'll jump to volleyball team. The volleyball team faced questions about how they would respond following the loss to Nebraska, and they answered those questions with sweeps over both Michigan State and Minnesota. The now 20-1 squad will play ranked Purdue at home this Wednesday before taking on the Fighting Illini this Saturday. Two things from this one. First one, the Nebraska-Wisconsin game set a record for most-watched NCAA regular season volleyball game by drawing 612,000 fans. Fox aired the border battle game on Sunday uh, in their 4 o'clock national window, and they drew 1.7 million viewers. That's the most-watched volleyball game, period. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, great stuff. I, mean, I guess this is like, I think they saw the ratings for volleyball up 42% from this year to last for Big Ten. So I'm it's clearly it's a growing sport. It's very exciting. And Kelly Sheffield, coach of Wisconsin, kind of made the most of the moment. So he he kind of likes to mess with the crowd a little bit. He's usually very stoic, like Greg Gard and Mark Johnson and I guess Luke Fickle to an extent. But there was a call where everyone started booing immediately because they figured it was the wrong call and you have to hand the person the green card to officially challenge it so he kind of got up and he walked over and then he kind of stopped and he like showed his ear to the crowd and like pretended to walk away and like got everyone in on the badge is already winning by a ton and they even lost the challenge which is pretty funny but just the fact that they're playing so loose and the coach is kind of messing with the other team um i'd say that bodes well for coming back and bouncing back after that loss yeah, exciting. I think maybe not messing with the other team as much as just messing with the, the crowd. Fans. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good point. And yeah, I, I guess if I describe Coach Sheffield, I, I just I said goober would be the word to describe him, but I mean that in a good way. And finally, women's basketball. Uh, college hoops is back for Wisconsin. The women's team started in style with an 84-64 dismantling of the Whitewater Warhawks. Despite the game being a scrimmage, both teams gave their starters heavy minutes and it and a competitive first quarter became a blowout after Bucky outscored the Warhawks 51-27 to over the second and third quarter. The revamped women's squad opens the season next Tuesday at home versus Milwaukee. The men's team also starts their season next Monday at home against Arkansas State. Uh, I had the privilege of being at that game. It was a ton of fun. A lot of Whitewater fans there. And the story of the game, definitely Sarah Williams. So last year, uh, mm. we talked about her a little bit. She had a career-high 31 points last year against Michigan State on 13-16 to shooting. And it was kind of like, whoa, I mean, she's got some like offensive talent here. I mean, she can develop this. She'll be pretty good. She had 24 points yesterday in the first half. Oh, it's, she was going nuts. Uh, she's finished, good. Yeah, finished with 30 points, just 21 minutes. 12 of 17 from the field shot, 6 of 7 from the line. Real exciting stuff. I think the Badgers have themselves a star. I'm I'm excited. To see, I'm excited to see uh, Sarah Williams developing this year. Actually, I lived across from her last year, so really, yeah, I live. I know her pretty well. Dorm but, or apartment? Uh, dorm. I lived across from her, and so I'm a, I'm excited to watch her play because I remember when she dropped thirty last year, and I was like, oh wow, yeah, she's for real, she's for real, she's for real, developing. I'm excited to see it, and I'm also excited for the men's basketball because uh, I have a I have a routine now. Um, I get I, I get seat I get uh, season tickets, but for the regular people, not for the student section. <laughs> and I put on my headphones, right? I put on my beats, and I, I just tune out the whole crowd, and I just sit there and I watch. That sounds kind of relaxing. It's very relaxing. It play, play a little jazz. You kind of just watch them just go up and down the floor. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I've heard of people doing that with, like, headphones in, but I've always heard, like, they listen to, like, a radio broadcast of the game so they can, like, hear the play-by-play of it. Mm. Um, I've never heard of someone listening to music during that. I don't know, mate. Maybe we got to try it. Yeah, what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, sometimes it'd be jazz. Sometimes I listen to a little R&B, but it's always something, it's always something cool and calm as, yeah. I'm like, as I kind of watch them play. Sounds pretty cool. Has that ever happened to like a buzzer beater and you just kind of like sit back like, oh, yeah. No, no, I have not. Because if, if a game get really, really, really tight and it's like late, late in the fourth, I'll take my headphones off and start listening to the crowd now because I'm like, oh, now you want to now you want to sort of get yeah. involved. But well, other than that, I just kind of I just tune out, tune out my surroundings and I just relax. I watch the game. Hopefully, for your sake, we'll get a beat drop during a massive dunk because I think that would like put me in a coma. That'd be so awesome. Oh, that'd be amazing. And with that, I guess we we'll probably had to break then, don't we, Alex? Yeah, t- stay around. For, oh, but one final uh, thing though, uh, Luke. Thank you so much for joining us. You were a blast. You uh, injected a lot of energy into the show, and uh, excited to see your show uh, next semester. I appreciate that. Awesome. And uh, yeah, okay. I guess they'll do it. <laughs> Time for some very important messages. Hey, Jay, what are you doing? I'm going to walk. But, Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. (gasps) He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend, Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. 
Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you, you can't, can't walk if you're hit by a car. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You're listening to After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. My name is Alex Schuster, and joining me once again is uh, just Vincent Hesbrick for the end of the show here. Uh, Vince, uh, you want to get into our laundry list? Uh, we both watch a lot of sports, so here's just some topics that we just want of things we wanted to get off our chest. Yeah, you are truly a poet. <laughs> so I'll start it out with politics, but not really, though. So basically, um, Governor Evers of Wisconsin Governor, big fan of sports, as is his uh, the Minnesota Governor, Tim Walls. They're good friends. I guess they've gone to Japan a couple times for uh, business relationships. I'm sure they had some fun, like maybe you can see them get some nice cuisine. Uh, they're also from the same party. So but they like to talk trash with each other about various sports and I, my friend the other day said, did you, did you see what Tony Evers said to Tim Wall after the Packers thing? I was like, what, what happened? So here's what happened. Tim Wall's big Vikings fan. He said, check in with your Wisconsin friends after the Vikings beat the Packers. He sent a screenshot of him texting Tony Evers, you okay? And Tony Evers responded with, doing just fine. Thanks at Gov Tim Walls. Let me know if you need to borrow a broom. And then he sent a photo of the final score of the Wisconsin viable match against Minnesota, which they swept. Now, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Governor Evers cooked him. I don't know. I think there are a lot of ways he could have gone with that. I think he picked a good option, but I think that he really could have gone much further with this one. And maybe, you know, roasting Minnesota might hurt relations with other governors, might hurt his political stock outside of the state. But I think that there's no better way to gain support from inside Wisconsin than absolutely flaming Minnesota. So you could say, okay, Vince, you talk a big talk, but what do you think I should say? Well, I'm glad you asked, Governor Evers. So I've drafted a message for him. Uh, There's still time. You can send it. Don't even have to credit me. But... Uh, This is a message I think should go to the Minnesota governor. Dear Timmy, you're doing a lot of talk for somebody whose team is 0-4 in the Super Bowl and hasn't even played in the big game since Gerald Ford was the president. Not only does the great state of Wisconsin have more Super Bowls, NBA championships, and people than Minnesota, we also have more lakes than you. Obviously, we don't need to brand ourselves the land of lakes. We're not down so bad that we care about how many big puddles we have. We just think it's cute that you clearly do, despite having literally thousands fewer lakes than we do. All of us can tell you you and your stupidly shaped state really need a W, so I think I speak for all Wisconsinites when I say congratulations on beating the Rogers list Packers and fueling our successful jank job. Also, our hockey and volleyball team just owned your poverty school and the Mall of America is going bankrupt. Have a nice day. What do you think of that? You think uh, you gained some support there? 10 out of 10. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, with that, I'll jump to my second point. With the World Series, uh, it's been a blast to watch. I'd love to talk about more. We actually had something in the works, maybe. It could be next week. I don't know. I like being vague with stuff because that way it creates some surprise. But uh, right now, Texas leading 2-1. to one, And it's easy to hate on the Arizona Diamondbacks as a Brewers fan. They knocked us out of the playoffs. But uh, the Brewers have a pretty insane streak of every team that they've ever lost to in the playoffs. And their history of Milwaukee Brewers has gone on to the World Series. And I believe only one, the Dodgers in 2018, wound up losing that World Series. So we want to cheer for the Diamondbacks so we can keep hope alive that we're not a poverty franchise and we just keep getting super unlucky. So that being said, we're not frauds. Next year's our year. Go Diamondbacks, baby. And finally, I might go on a tangent here, but I saw that the Badger football team is getting a new training facility. It looks really cool. Uh, It's mostly with donation money. They have a full uh, campaign. I think it's called Building Champions. This has Luke Fickle written all over it. You need to have a good training uh, workout place to draw in recruits. That's a big part of it. And it was, if we intend to compete with the better Big Ten schools, like the one that just beat us, we might have to upgrade in that department as well. Except there's one thing that I really hope that they don't have, and it's those dumb sleeping pods. You know what I'm talking about? The just massive lockers that, like, you turn into a bed? Well, okay, so the, the Baki workout place on the northwest side of campus, uh, they have these... They like they have a, their big focus on like mental health as well. They have a dark room in a dark room, and it has these sleep pod things. It's literally just a reclining chair, but there's also like the top of a sphere that goes around your head. Anyways, the other, I make jokes about it constantly. I think they're stupid, uh, partially because it costs thirteen thousand dollars. Basically, a bed that makes weird noises. But I was there at the Baki the other day practicing threes for the upcoming rec league, uh, WSM tournament. I'm terrible, so I really need to be in there. And I was just about to head out, but I saw the Baki was closing, so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna. 
check out this sleep pod thing. I can't hear it until I tried it. So I went in there and, you know, I reclined me and made weird noises and my head was covered up by the bubble. And all of a sudden, two people came in there like two minutes later and they, and they said they could see like the bottom half of my body just sitting there and not my head. And the guy's like, bro, you sleeping? And I kind of panicked and didn't say anything. And then I thought, well, heck, I just have to pretend like I'm asleep now. <laughs> and then I just sit there for three minutes as these two guys just kept lobbing jokes at me. It was, it was so embarrassing. They were saying, like, like this dude's schedule must be bonkers if he needs to sleep at the Baki. Or, like, oh, he must be down bad. So I just had to sit there and take it from these people. And I hope that the football team does not have to experience that embarrassment because it really hurt my feelings. Did any of them make you laugh at all? Uh, no, it was it was close, though. I wish I wrote down a lot of the stuff. But like, I think one of them said, like, bro is zonked right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it, it was bad. But go on with your laundry list here. I, I could talk too long about that. But well, I, I have seen pictures of, like, locker rooms that have, like, the, the like, beds built into, like, each one. Yeah. Because that's, like, the new thing of, of, like, just going through and, like, way over-designing the yep. locker rooms, which kind of cool, I guess. But then I don't know how practical it is. I mean, it just seems like you're, like, building up walls from all your teammates, which I didn't really like. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, back back to my laundry list. Uh, is the sports equinox too many sports? So we had all four major American sports leagues playing on the exact same day. Uh, I think it only it happens once, maybe twice a year, depending on how the playoff uh, game. I think it was the thirtieth time ever on oh, Sunday. Thirtieth time. Yeah. Wow. So a, a very rare event. Sports fans love to talk about it, but I I think it might be too many sports just because it's impossible to watch all of them. I mean, they're all going on at the same time. It's so hard to keep up with it. I still love it, but is it too many sports? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And we were talking before about how there's also a volleyball game that day and a women's college basketball game from Wisconsin. So there's there's no way you can cover six different sports leagues all by yourself. Yeah, yeah, so everyone thinks, oh, it's a big deal. Good for you, Alex, for saying this is not great. Uh, another thing, I guess I'm kind of being a downer again. Uh, the NBA in-season uh, tournament, they release new court designs for each team uh, that'll be used only for the in-season tournament games. Uh, I looked through all of them. There was a couple that were kind of cool. Like I, I like Phoenix's, like the L Valley thing was was kind of cool. But most of them just seemed like pretty basic and overly complicated patterns on the floor and like i wasn't the biggest fan of it i I would rather just kind of stick with the same thing maybe spend more time on the jerseys for (laughs) the city edition which also those are very uh, bad very bad so kind of pick one instead of dispersing yourself too thin and then making two equally bad products there yeah i'm with you these are just weird it's like the the, i'm just looking at the the spurs one it's like a weird beige green color and a yellow stripe down the middle. It's like the, the line in the paint goes all the way across the floor. It's just, they're, they're trying too hard here. I like the in-season tournament, though. Yeah, the, the I'm excited to see how hard people try in it this year. Um, I'm hoping there is, like, at least some teams that take it seriously just for, like, the entertainment so they can keep it around. I'm, I'm expecting at least one or two guys to try and go all out and say they're the first one to win the in-season tournament. So (laughs) hopefully there's a little bit of bragging rights with that. Um, Then one last thing for football, the uh, the Titans shouldn't be able to wear the Oiler jerseys. It should just stay in Houston. I mean, I think they are probably the coolest throwback jerseys I've seen so far in the NFL, even above the Kelly Green uh, Philly jerseys, which uh, I wish Luke was here to react to that one. But... um, I, they are like the the coolest jerseys, and even though the franchise moved, I think it that has to stay with the city. Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100. percent I mean, 100. percent I just think that uniforms are so cool looking that maybe they should sometimes bring them back. I just think they have to be better before they can do it. That being said, Will Levis played very well. Oh yeah, no. it, it might have been the jerseys. There you go. You're right. You, they will feel Will Levis throw four touchdowns every single game. Oh goodness! And with that, so you got one more? Or no? That, that's that, it, right? Yeah, that's it. Awesome. We'll jump into. Well, I'll have you open it up here. You probably know more than I Yeah. So we're sticking with the NFL here. We're going to be going through some teams that are kind of on the playoff fringe. Maybe they're currently in the playoffs if the season ended today, or maybe they're just a couple games outside of it. And we're going to uh, say whether we think this is a real team and it's a team that we think will be in the playoffs, or if we think they're a fake team and it's a team that's in the playoffs but probably not going to be there at the end of the year. Um, so I, I think we each go through three of them. 
let's say. Sounds good. You want to go right. first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I mean, there's an, the most obvious one to me is the Falcons. They're currently 4-4, four and four, leading the NFC East. And I think they're good, but they're the most frustrating team for me to watch. They have so many good players and just don't use any of them. So I, I do think they're a fake team. It's just the most confusing thing they're in the world. They're a trick, yeah. Se. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm against them. I, I don't. I don't think they're real. They're they're a trick. Awesome. Yeah. Um. I think that's a that's pretty fair. I'm kind of with you 100 percent that one. I'm someone who traded uh, AJ Brown for BJ Robinson in fantasy football and have been reaping nothing from it. But I guess that's how it be in the Arthur Smith offense. Uh, I gotta talk about the hmm. I don't know. I, I you know the Rams are three and five right now. But I kind of feel like that there's a chance that they uh, go on a run here and make the playoffs. I just think that there's a lot of parallels between them and the Super Bowl team. Obviously, they're worse, but Puka Nukea, really great. Cooper, I mean, having him and Cooper Cup in the same offense, almost a cheat code, adding Sean McVay. Uh, Stafford getting hurt, that's a big loss. Hopefully, they can rebound. I say, I don't know, if I, had to, I think they're a, it could be a treat for L.A. fans, maybe a trick for the rest of the league, looking at that 3-5 and five record. I just think that people kind of, you know, sleep on them and kind of forget how good they are. I say they're kind of, if I had to throw a candy equivalent in there, I think they're kind of like Kit Kats. You know, people just kind of say, oh, yeah, you break them. What the heck does that do? I mean, it's wafer. Just give me chocolate. I think that we're kind of sleeping on Kit Kats. I think we're sleeping on the Rams. That was a terrible analogy. I, I kind of liked it. Okay. I'm going to go with the, this is a tough one. I'm going to also say that the Bengals are, are not Real, oh, they, not they, real. No, okay. They, to me, they have a, a lot of talented players. They started slow to begin the year. They're starting to turn it around a little bit, and I, I'm just not going to buy into it. I, I think they're going to regress over the end of the season. They're in a really tough division. So once you get into some of those games against the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, I think they're going to lose a couple of those and have a tougher end to the season. Um, so I'm, I'm going against the, the Bengals in this one. Yeah, uh, I guess I got to go with the—I actually want to talk about the Steelers because you, you talk about them playing the Bengals. I mean, it's almost like the Steelers were cursed by a warlock and they're forced to make every team play as badly as they do. I just feel like that they just they just make everything worse. It's tough to watch. They're a curse. They're a trick. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> that, that's the best part about it. I wanted to bring this up while you were talking about the Packers rebuilding and, at, like, the— almost more ideal situation than totally bottoming out and then rebuilding back up is somehow doing what the Steelers do where they just hover inside the playoffs every single year with above 500 records and are somehow still rebuilding like I think they were worse a couple years ago than they are now uh, (laughs) after Big Ben was out of there and they just have more talented younger players they've been drafting really well and somehow able to stay relevant and I I think that's a lot of credit to the coaches there so many flaws in this offense so many things that you can point to of on even on the defense like weak spots um, and just mistakes up and down on both sides of the field, but somehow it always turns out with a win. Or not always, but pretty frequently. Yeah, a, a winning season, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, awesome. What's your final team you got here? So I, this feels like a little bit of a cheater one now that it's after the fact, but I'm, I'm going in on the Vikings. They have, they're they 4-4 and four right now. Oh, you think they, they're going to go on a run here? I think they're going to make the playoffs. The, it's, the only reason I say that is because of how weak the NFC is. They're currently in the playoffs right now. Uh, they just traded for Josh Dobbs, who I believe in as a quarterback to some extent. I, I think he's a guy that can just come into an offense and be surprisingly efficient and passable as a starting quarterback um so yeah i I think the vikings stay in it if if they get their guys back healthy they can still go on a run and sneak in uh probably as the seven seed but make the playoffs yeah i think that's there's an argument to be made there i'm excited to see josh dobbs in that offense saw they just traded for him today one of the few deadline acquisitions i think will have a major impact and i don't think he's nearly as good of a passer as Kirk Cousins, no. but he adds a little bit more of like the rushing element, of, which this team does need in their offense. It, the run game hasn't been there without Dalvin Cook, so maybe he starts uh, getting that going a little bit there. But, I mean, it's really more of a how bad the rest of the NFC is that I'm going with them. So Okay. Finally, I want to talk about the 49ers. Uh, lost three straight in a row. They were, People thought, myself included, they were the best 
team in the league. I mean, once they were after that record start, just blowing teams out of the water. But I think that if I had to compare them to a candy, I think they'd kind of be Starburst because, you know, Starburst, really good, tastes great. And then you learn that's made of gelatin, which is partially horse. And you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm eating horse and pork in my candy. It's kind of gross. Then you just kind of think, ah, oh, what the heck? I like Starburst. I'm going to keep eating them. So I think that people are in that, that gelatin realization mode. I think they're going to burn through it and they're going to win some games down the stretch. <laughs> that <laughs> probably the weirdest comparison <laughs> that I've ever heard. Also, the uh, not so fun fact, I suppose, about, about Starburst right there. No, Brock um, Purdy is the gelatin. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Brock Purdy on the team. Ah, what the heck? They're super talented. They're going to win a bunch of games. Yeah, I, that's another one where just the injuries have been kind of making them slip a little bit. But at the first couple of weeks of the season, when everyone was together, they like we talked about at the start of the show, he was kind of in the MVP conversation, (laughs) more so because of the production of the people around him than Brock Purdy himself. But still, I mean, there is the potential for them to to get back on that track again. Yeah, there you go. And with that, we'll jump into our final... Actually, yeah, you went through all three, right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. We'll jump to our final segment. So I love the start of the NBA season because a lot of advanced stats are meant to show a player's value over the course of an entire season. However, with such a small sample size, they get a little bit wonky. So I'm going to quiz you on some stuff, Alex. I don't even, Alex, I'm not even sure if you're going to get any points on this one. Pretty tough quiz. So I don't even know if we'll have any overarching. Well, no, if, if you do really well, I'll give you a point. There's no way I can gain a point. We, we have our overarching thing where whoever has the most points at the end uh, has to, the loser has to say something on air for paired by the winner. Um, not, I don't even know if that'll happen at some point. It, it has to. We'll make it happen. But this is a really tough one. So I'm going to start it off. There's a stat, advanced stat, called box plus minus. So it's an estimate of how many points per 100 possessions a player contributes compared to the average player. That sounds like gobbledygook, and I still don't really get it. Basically, Nikola Jokic led the NBA in box plus minus with 11, indicating that team would average 11 more points per per game with Jokic compared to the average player. So it's like an estimate of how much better are you compared to average in terms of points. Alex, among players who have played at least 75 minutes, who is last in that category? Austin Reeves. No. And, hmm, well, do you have an, actually, I'll give you three guesses here. That's. I'm trying to think. The worst player. Offense and defense takes into account. Usually a player takes a lot of shots because they can miss a lot of shots. Uh, Jordan Poole? No, but he has been pretty funny. Him trying to bo- uh, box out uh, Drew Holiday was pretty was funny to watch. I don't know. I, I I can't think of anyone right now. All right, second worst in the league, Andrew Wiggins right now with negative ten point seven. He's had a rough shooting start. That'll change. Okay. Worst, Scoot Henderson, negative thirteen point six. So you're saying he'll wow. basically turn an average team into a terrible team if he's <laughs> on your team right now. I think that's pretty lethal. Uh, Definitely struggled. Still think he's going to have a bright future. So, 0 for 1, but once again, this is a really tough one. Yeah. It's mostly meant to see how insane advanced analytics are. So, the box plus minus is made up of offensive and defensive. They kind of combine them together. What player is first in defensive box plus minus, which means how many points per 100 possessions a player's defense provides over the average player? So, who's the best defensive player, according to this stat, in the league? Well, Drew Holiday? No. Uh, you can ask me for a position, a team. Yeah, I, give me give me the position. Center. Okay, that was probably obvious. Um, man, they're in the oh, Western Conference. DeAndre Ayton. No. Oh, I know. I saw that he was leading in blocks earlier today. So, I. This is so tough. I don't know. Yeah, it's because um, it's loon. It's lunacy. <laughs> I'll just Giannis maybe. No, uh, it's actually. Yosef Nurkic. (laughs) (laughs) They're saying that his defense gives the average team 4.3 more points than the average player. So, I mean, I don't get it, but okay. Yeah, that is probably one of the last people I would have guessed. I was trying to think of, like, vague-ish players that, like, (laughs) would be surprising, but that. Definitely never. Yeah, he got traded because he's bad at yeah, defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick, I have to apologize to you because I was watching the Lakers and Suns, and you said the other day or last show that maybe they'll have to put KD at the five, and I kept saying that was stupid. They put KD at the five for some minutes in that game. So apologies to you, Mr. <laughs> Schuster. You were right on that one. They lost that game, but 
It was fun to watch. He kind of held his own. So, anyways, final plus minus or box plus minus stat here. According to box plus minus, who is the Bucks' best player? Uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, no. The Nasus onto the No, not really. I think he's actually the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoot, this is hard again. Um, let's. Brooke Lopez. Not quite. Through three games, Bucks best player, supposedly Bobby Portis, baby. Oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And here's my favorite one. How many of the Bucks players are considered above average, have a positive score in that, out of the 15 players who have seen minutes this year? I'm going to say eight. Two. Oh, no. They're saying that that <laughs> that 13 of the Bucks players are below average NBA players right now. Uh, Giannis... Negative .6. Oh, gosh. He was second in the league with 8.7 last year. Just some lunatic stuff. Chris Milton, the only other guy in positive. <laughs> so, look, I got two more for you here. Who leads the league in turnover percentage? This is what percent of your individual possessions end in a turnover. As a player, I'm going to go... Uh, poor, who's the... It's a... It's a uh, uh, Cade Cunningham? Not quite. You're never gonna guess it, and that will be my hint. It's okay. Former Buck, Drew Holiday. No, PJ Tucker. Tucker. What just got shipped out in the James Harden trade? I guess he was committing a lot of turnovers. Maybe that's why they shipped him out. I don't get it, but it was really funny to see that when I sorted. And finally, this one I'd say maybe your best chance. What team has the highest defensive rating, which means they allow the least points per possession? I know I looked at this earlier today, but I'm blanking on it right now. Ooh, okay. Well, it's a team um, that didn't make the playoffs last year. Is it Orlando? It is Orlando. Okay, Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still not going to give you a point. No, you got it one, doesn't right? count. Yeah. But just a, I thought it would be a real quick fun thing. Most of these even out by the end of the year. The best players are the best. Worst players are the worst. But just seeing Giannis as a below-average player was really funny to see on that stat. Yeah, that, well, I was trying to study up earlier today. So the Austin Reeves, I know he has the lowest total points per game, or uh, plus-minus. I think it's like negative like 59 or something like that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. That's or not maybe what it says 51. in here. But it I, might, I, oh, you're saying he counts for negative 50? I, I think it's plus-minus. Like, so like when oh, he's been on the regular plus-minus. Yeah, I see. regular Yeah, plus he hasn't minus. been great. I thought you meant box yeah. plus-minus, no, no, which no, means no, you no. Just, your team has scored 50 plus <laughs> Yeah, points. no, no, no. He's just out here handing it off to the other team whenever he gets it. Yeah. Another very weird thing that I noticed was that the OKC Thunder has shot 90% from three during the fourth quarter. They wow. have four players in their, or their starting lineup has. They have four players that just haven't missed a three in the fourth quarter. That's insane. Sounds like a good stat to end it off on. Yeah. Uh, the end of the show here as well, we got a uh, sign off stay around for the starting five right after this